Good morning, everybody. Morning, church. Let me step away from that speaker for a second. Less of that. All right. Hey, everybody. My name is John Crawford. I am part of our college of preachers here. Uh, I do a couple of other things as a part of our staff on the table, student, uh, including some organizing of our liturgies, some leadership within our DNA groups, and some different things like that. But this morning, I get to be a part of the College of Preachers and proclaim good news as we proclaim good news together. We'll talk about that a little more here in a minute as more papers fly. Uh, and this morning we talk about the Ascension. Uh, it's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and luckily for us, we don't have to chase Jesus like I just had to chase my child who disappeared around the building. So with that said, let's proclaim some good news together this morning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All right. Let's see if I don't end up chasing my pages around everywhere. Uh, I think I can use this to hold it down a bit. All right. Uh, when Marissa and I were first married, we moved to Indiana, and we were going to be here for one year when I had a residency. She grew up here, didn't want to stay. I was not from here, so especially didn't want to stay. We were getting out. That was the plan. Fast forward, here we are 10 years later. We love being here. But it didn't go as we planned. And what happened through a long series of events, we ended up uh, in a space of say, a season of saying, hey, we don't need to go to the next thing yet. We need to be here for a minute. Should take about four or five months. I'm going to become a monk, get fully like sanctified all that time in that quick. Again, I'm really diminishing the story really quickly here, but uh, it was going to happen. That was going to be able to happen really quickly, right? And then we were going to move on. I was going to get a job and do those things. And about a year and a half later, constant interview processes, constant job processes, lots of waiting to hear back from people and uh, finding out that things weren't what we thought they were, not being offered jobs, and all this waiting and all this waiting. It came down to this final moment. We're living with her parents. Uh, I like to say one year, or I like to say, yeah, one year, really closer to two years of living with them, but one year, right? And all this waiting, final job offer is coming. Can't wait. One of the final three, I feel really good about it. It's going to come. I get the phone call. I start walking down the lane. And I'm told by a dear friend that I did not receive this position. And it felt like all this waiting had been leading to here. Because that's what waiting does, right? It leads us to something, towards something. I've been leading to here. So then what was this waiting for? I've been waiting. What had it been for? What was happening the whole time? And now just for more waiting? We are going to wait more? And in some ways, here I am eight years later, still kind of waiting. I don't want to understand what I'm doing every day. But it's waiting, right? Waiting in this season. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think that uh, we spent a little over a year collectively waiting, yeah. right? What's the next news? What does this mean? And even this week as we receive different uh, recommendations from the CDC and they change, does anybody really know what that means yet? How we're going to respond to that, who we are, even how we do it this morning, right? There's more waiting, this waiting that comes. And maybe uh, you're in your own in-between space and waiting. This can be anywhere from waiting, uh, I know as some people in our congregation are, waiting on the birth of a child to come. Or it could be the waiting on a diagnosis. There's all these spaces of waiting that happen in this space. And as prepared this week, multiple people, unsolicited, very welcome, reached out. Where a passage that doesn't stick out and said, hey, the whole point of all these passages is waiting, right? Like it doesn't say this directly. But multiple people reach out to me and say, I'm just noticing the waiting and how it fits and sits in us and who we are and where we're at in this season. It stuck out to our college writers. It stuck out to the people that reach out. This waiting. So this morning, 
I want to talk a little bit about the waiting, what the ascension has to do with that, and proclaim some good news to us in the middle of this space and liminal waiting, wherever you may be waiting this morning. So friends, the good news is that the ascended Christ, who has defeated death and is ruling the entire cosmos, is present in every place, and especially in the in-between. Behold Christ's body today in these bodies all around you, in the Eucharist, and bear witness to Christ's Lordship as his body in every place that you go. The liturgical season we find ourselves in right now and in the space that we are this week is a weird one to me. We had Easter some odd almost 40 days ago, 30-ish something days, and it's this huge celebration. We wear pastels, we bring out all the stops, we have the eggs, all these fun things, because Christ is risen. He has defeated death once and for all. It's this huge celebration. Next week, we get to celebrate Pentecost, which my little Pentecostal heart leaps for. I love it. Ben brings out his red shoes that he wears once a year here with us. The whole thing happens. It's Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church, right? All this exciting stuff. And then we find ourselves this week in the Ascension. And I think we've been really busy celebrating that. We've been celebrating this. And the Ascension sits this kind of weird in-between space that is good news. And we'll talk about what the Ascension is in and of itself. But then how do we respond to it? But really, Eastertide is in some ways a season of waiting. Christ raised from the dead. And then the disciples are like, let's go. I'm ready now. You rose from the dead. Here we go. Let's do this thing. Let's do this thing. Imagine a child at a wedding, right? They're so excited. They're all around. They're celebrating. They're with Jesus. This whole thing, everybody's celebrating. But the child, and I know this from some experience, uh, is like, so when's the cake? Okay, they did the kiss thing. Now, when's, when's the cake? I have cake coming. The celebration, this thing's coming, right? And so I think that this is part of, in this 40 days, the disciples are hanging out. Christ has defeated death. He's arisen. Now, when's the thing happening? You're teaching about the kingdom. You're continually teaching about the kingdom. We see that in the passage. So when's the thing happening? And even right here at the end of our Acts passage, they ask, so what about the cake, Jesus? When are you going to bring back the kingdom of Jerusalem? When is this happening? Is this, is this the time? And he says, no. Then what's the waiting been for? Do we wait more? What is this? And he says, yeah, no, go wait. You'll receive power in the Holy Spirit. Do these things and you'll be my witness to the ends of the earth. I don't think they know what this means yet. I think they may even still have conquest on their minds. Power's coming. Cool. Now it happens. Rome gets what it deserves, right? They still might have this idea and these things, but they, we know that they do keep waiting. They go and they wait, just like you may be waiting in this season, just like we often find ourselves waiting. So what do we do with this waiting? I think Paul in our Ephesians passage gives us an idea of what is happening here at the Ascension and then how do we respond in that waiting. So in Ephesians in verse 20, he says, so God put this power, this power that Jesus promised, God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. So, y'all, this is ascension. This is what happens in ascension, right? Christ is raised to authority and power. I talked about this a little bit as well when we talked about the transfiguration, and it's this image of who is this person that chose 
to die on the cross and to raise again. Who is this God who is 100% man, 100% God? It is the king of the universe. And in the ascension, Christ raises. And as Matt talked about earlier, in name, he raises as our advocate. He raises so he can be raised with Christ into the heavens. This is what happens in the ascension is King Jesus takes his rightful place as the ruler of the entire cosmos. This is what we get a glimpse of in the ascension, and this is what's happening. But that happened, and the disciples are probably still wondering, the cake? When's the cake come? Right? So this is how I think Paul answers it. As they waited and continued to wait, continued to wonder what it means now that King Jesus is on the throne. What does it mean, and how do we respond? What do we do? In verse 22, he goes on, and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be heard over everything, uh, head over everything for the church. The church, you, friends among us, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Eugene Peterson puts that last bit this way. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Put one more way. Look around, friends. Behold the face of Christ right here with you, in the midst of whatever your in-between is. The ascended Christ, who has defeated death, is ruling the entire cosmos and is present in every place, and especially your in-between. Behold Christ's body today, and these bodies all around you, in the Eucharist, and bear witness to Christ's Lordship as his body, in every place you go. Friends, this is what we're going to spend the rest of our time in me talking a bit. We're going to practice, we're going to proclaim some things together in our worship, and I think our worship proclaims all these things as we keep to go. Let me be really clear right now. This is not dropping a holy should on you guys. I don't know what your in-between is. I don't know what space you're in. And this good news isn't trying to fix those things. Part of what we be is we be the body of Christ as we continue together, as we come and we sit together in those things and we discern those and we spend hours being with and among one another in the middle of whatever your in-between is. But in this exact moment, in these moments, I want to proclaim the good news that Christ is among us and I think there are some very, very tangible ways that we can experience that today, right? There's tangible ways that we can experience this. I'm imagining uh, just the other day we were driving down the car and our oldest was bored in the back seat, and we were giving him lots of things he could do. And one of those things was you could talk to this and you could talk to this and you could talk to Jesus. And like the first two were silly and Jesus was the last one because sometimes it's like, it's like yeah, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to talk to Jesus, right? And so when I say, like, yeah, Jesus is with you, it's like, okay, cool. And I think we're invited to experience this tangibly today in our worship and our space together. So with that, as we imagine those and we look at those places in which we experience Christ, as Paul says, is the church is Christ's body. Where are you waiting today? Maybe in a lot of places, maybe you're waiting on just what does work look like? What is this in between for those that are joining us online versus waiting towards when, when will it be okay to be together in person again? Maybe you're waiting on um, 
you know, I think this week hearing multiple folks, some very close to me, of waiting on medical news and what does that mean? How does this affect our life? Maybe you're just waiting to get through graduation. Maybe you've graduated and you're waiting to know what does that mean? Where are you waiting today? And into those waiting places, I think our worship together from here gives us again tangible ways to receive this good news today, to be able to receive and embody it in very practical ways. And the first that I wanna point out is in the passing of the peace in just a few moments. Even now, let's do an awkward thing together. <laughs> Look around you. And as you awkwardly lock eyes with somebody and do that awkward smile, friends, Jesus is awkwardly smiling at you. <laughs> the presence of the eyes and the space with you. Even now here, Jesus is with you and among you as we are to the church together. Christ is smiling with you, friends, here now. Has no expectations of you, is just simply here with you. And when we pass the peace, whatever the waiting is that you're in, whatever space, may you hear Jesus say to you, peace, my beloved. When you say peace to somebody, may you know Jesus offering peace. If uh, you get Eliza, my middle child running up who has been practicing her piece. Sometimes it has three fingers and I like to imagine that that's a little extra piece. <laughs> Bring it on. But when she says, right, but when she says peace with a passing you can't understand her, Jesus says peace to you, friends. Yeah. Peace this morning. Jesus is here with you, giving peace. It's peace, I'm with you. I'm right here. Peace. Yeah. And then We'll have a chance to receive the Eucharist. I'm going to be really careful here because I won't want to say anything weird. <laughs> but friends, we receive Christ at the Eucharist table. We believe that we are experiencing actual Christ when we partake. When those online receive either your pre-consecrated elements or you pray the prayer for spiritual communion, friends, we experience Christ here. The celebrant is going to proclaim, and one of the last things as they lift the bunny ears, as my kids like to say it, broken body lifted over the cup to show you. This is something we say almost every week. Church, behold what you are, the body of Christ. Behold what you are and become what you receive. You partake, you become. This mystical thing happens as you partake with Christ in these moments. In our post-communion prayer, we pray this. And again, I'm just trying to show all these little practical ways every week, friends. Christ is here. And in today, whatever in between, Christ is here. We pray, Heavenly Father, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as we receive, for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living memories, members of the body of your Son, and heirs of your eternal kingdom. Friends, Christ is all among you. And we'll finish this prayer in just a second, but we're assured. And the last way I think we can receive this good news tangibly is how we are sent. This is what Jesus does, right? He sends and says, go be my witnesses. Do these things. Deacon Nancy, not even 24 hours yet ordained into the trans uh, transitional diaconate, 
which is the definition of bearing witness to Christ while waiting, the transitional diaconate, she sends us, she invites us to be sent, to be the body in the waiting, to be Christ everywhere we go, to every tired soul, hurting person, we bear witness to Christ. We say peace to them in those moments, and they hear Christ saying peace. We meet them right where they are. It's tangible good news of the kingdom. Friends, again, receive the good news that the ascended Christ, who has defeated death and is ruling over the entire cosmos, is present with you in every place, and especially in the in-between. You're in-between. Behold Christ's body today in these bodies all around you. Behold Christ in the Eucharist and bear witness to Christ's Lordship as you go forth into the name of Christ. Friends, let us bear witness to Christ together. Amen.